Welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 32. Exodus 32, reading verses 1 through 10. Amen. Reading quite a bit, but if you have it, you can say amen. Amen. And it says this. When the people saw that Moses was no, uh, so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we do not know what happened to him. And Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your, go- your daughters are wearing, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their e- earrings and brought them to Aaron. And he took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. And when Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship uh, offerings. Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and, and, and got up to indulge in uh, revelry. Then Moses said to Moses, I'm sorry, then the Lord said to Moses, go down because your people whom you brought up from Egypt have become corrupt. They have, be, they have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and I have made themselves an idol cast into the shape of a calf. They, they have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses. They are stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. Amen. Did you get that? See what's happening there. I've entitled today's message, Never Left. Never Left. Uh, This week I was reading some some, uh, statistics online and and one of them that kind of caught my eye, that I was very surprised by, very unaware of, um, said that 76% of prisoners who uh, are released from prison actually go back to prison within the first five years of being released. 76%. I, I saw that and I thought, man, that is crazy. And then I read another statistic that said um, that an estimated 40 to 60% of alcoholics, people who have uh, struggled with alcoholic addiction, um, during their, their treatment, they often relapse within the first year. That's 40 to 60%. Crazy statistics. And then, then I also read uh, amongst some of the hardest habits to break, and maybe you can relate to these, excessive and unnecessary snacking. How many can say amen to that? Nail biting is another one. Procrastinating and tardiness. I know y'all have problem tardiness. <laughs> okay. Why do I mention all this? Because, because it's hard to break out of the default, church. It's hard to break habits um, that oftentimes aren't simply bad habits. They actually become like a part of our, of our DNA, right? And, you know, things like nail biting and tardiness, they don't look as bad as alcohol addiction or the inability to stay out of prison. But it all comes down from the same pool of that fallen human nature that wants to keep us down, that wants to keep you flawed. And, you know, if you do break out of these habits, uh, a lot of times they're not long enough uh, for them to actually mean much. 
And so as I read through these statistics this week, I, I, I related it to this passage because I couldn't help um, but to think that, that the mindsets of the Israelites, they could not leave their default mode. And to understand the significance of this story, I think it's important to, to know what Israel kind of came out of. Um, this was the people who, was in, who were enslaved for 400 years in Egypt. Now, when a people group live in a place for a long time, um, a lot of things get ingrained in them. They become accustomed to certain things. You're influenced by certain people. You're influenced by the culture that you grew up in. And so that's why, like, if you're an adult and, and you attend uh, a Baptist church, and there's nothing wrong with attending a Baptist church, but um, chances are that has a lot to do with the fact that you grew up in a Baptist church. Um, this is a Pentecostal church. Many of you attend this church. Chances are you probably attended a Pentecostal church growing up. If, if, if you didn't live in a household that, uh, that went to church, you probably had to learn the importance of bringing your family to church. It didn't come natural to you. And so, like in the case of the Egyptians, the Egyptians heavily influenced the people of Israel. And, and, and this was an idolatrous nation, uh, nation, man. They had gods for everything. They have, this, uh, they have this creation story that predates Moses' account of, of creation, um, claiming that all of these gods created the world. They were big worshipers of, of Baal, which we all know was a major downfall to the Israelites. Um, this idea of, of having man-made gods was so popular in Egypt that it essentially became integrated into the mindsets of Israel. And on top of this, Egypt was a very influential nation. I mean, at this time, they were a superpower of a nation. It's not, it's not very hard to, uh, to be influenced by people of, of, of power, people who seem to have it all together. You're influenced by them. So Israel was incredibly influenced by the Egyptians, but then God did something. He took them out of Egypt. Amen? He took them out. Has God ever taken you out of something? Has God ever taken you out of something? If he hasn't, you, you don't have to say amen. But if he has, has he ever taken you out of something? Has he ever taken you out of, of a mindset, of an addiction, of, of sin? I know that God has taken some people out of debt. God is still working on that one for me. <laughs> maybe he took you out. Maybe he freed you from a life uh, a lifetime of, of pessimism and, and bitterness where all you do is, is look for the wrong in people. Maybe God took you out of the place where your father lived in, where your grandfather lived in, and you were born into. He, he brought you out. I don't know who believes this, man, but we serve a God who was notorious for bringing people out of what they were in. But maybe, maybe you won't say amen to this one. How many times has God taken you out of something only for you to step right back into it? See, God, God called his people out of Egypt, but a little bit of Egypt still remained in Israel. Sometimes God takes you out of things, but, but you choose to continue to remain in them. And, and, and so this is, why, this is why like a simple prayer to accept Christ it doesn't always cut it because you confess with your mouth. You believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. That will get you saved. In that moment, God takes you out of your sin. But, but then that, that prayer is kind of forgotten about. And when that prayer is forgotten about, you kind of go back. 
This is why a simple coming to the altar uh, moment in response to a message that you're like, oh, man, pastor, that did it for me. That convicted me. It doesn't always work because once the hands are laid and the prayers are made, you go back to your seat. We dismiss the service. You go back to work on Monday. You deal with people. They annoy you. You don't like them. You cuss them out and, and you're back to where you were the week before. In other words, just because you're out of it doesn't always mean that it is out of you. There's more to be done. Come on, someone say that with me. There's more to be done. There's more to be done. That's going to be a phrase that we just have to uh, ingrain in our hearts this morning. There is more to be done once God has taken you out. See, because God will bring you out of your Egypt. He's done it before. But the temptation is always going to be there to go back. That, that desire to, to go back to the way that things used to be is going to creep up on you when you're looking at your situation and you're like, man, this doesn't look much better than where I was before. And so, you know, going back to that first verse, it says, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come make us gods who will go before us. We don't even know where this Moses guy is. So maybe God did something like that for you. Maybe God did something awesome for you like he did for the Israelites. Maybe you had a parting of the Red Sea moment where you experienced breakthrough and, and miracles and repentance and you saw the light where there was nothing but darkness and you rejoice in the Lord. But now all you hear are crickets. And, and, and now you, your season of miracles and your season of breakthrough has kind of dried up and you're in a moment of silence and you're wondering if the God who took you out of Egypt before is still with you. The Bible says, the Bible says that Jesus would often turn people away. You know that, right? That he would often, like people would go to him asking for, for healing, asking for food, asking for provision. They would say, Lord, uh, do us some signs and wonders. Come on, entertain us, right? And, and many times Jesus would turn them away because if he kept on doing it, they're, they were just going to get accustomed to, to Jesus always being on it for, for them. And now, th- these aren't the parts of Scripture that we really preach about because it makes Jesus kind of look a little rude, right? Like, what's going on with Jesus? But, but if Jesus did it, you know, and Jesus is God, that tells me that, that God is not always going to be on it like I want him to be. Because if he was, I would be falling more in love with what God was doing rather than w- with who God is, right? And so... You can say, Lord, give me another season of miracles. Give me another season of breakthrough. Give me another season of provision. And, but then when he doesn't respond, we're like the Israelites saying, you know what? Maybe he never did it. Maybe God never really pulled me out of anything because where is he? And so when we become so dependent on on what we think God should do for us, what does that create? That creates a, a superficial love. A su- and I don't want to be super, superficially in love with anybody because that's not love, you know? You, you can call Jesus Lord in the miracles, but can you call him Lord during the struggle? And so, like, I, 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 think, about, I think about little kids, man. Little kids know how to play adults, right? Like, 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 they know how to, like, play adults, not, like, pretend to be adults. Like, Melissa always tells me, Layla's playing you, Right? Because little kids don't, they don't like anyone until, like, they do something for them, right? That's why George 
is the most loved adult in the church because he leaves the door wide open. People, you know, kids, they go in. They know exactly where the stash of candy is. They take how many ever they want. And, and, and George is a, a superstar, man. They're playing you, George. They're playing you. <laughs> and so, yeah, so the thing is, it's so tempting, right, to give in to kids because kids are cute, right? And, and, and we want them to like us. It's so tempting for me to do something for Layla so that she would choose me over, over mommy. And many times she just naturally does because... She loves me more. Um, but other times I have to, I have to persuade Layla. Like, like um, if I want Layla to come with me, you know, and cuddle with me on the couch for watching TV, I have to offer to, to rub her tummy. She's a weird request. Kids have a weird request. But like, and that works. And so oftentimes we kind of take on that same mentality of, of a child where we draw closer to God when we see him work, but then we step away when we don't. And it's, it's like, it's like we, we, we keep a little bit of the default inside of us so that when God isn't performing, we just go back. So, yeah, God did a breakthrough when he delivered me from my alcoholic addiction. But, but I know that there's a liquor store down the street just in case. Yeah, God, I, I know you took me out of that destructive relationship and I praise you for it. Thank you. But I'm going to go ahead and keep her number just in case. I ever need to invite her to church. You know, we, we do that missionary dating. And then, and, 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 and what a lot of people don't realize, church, is that, yeah, maybe God broke the chains that bound you in a season, but so many of us are still carrying around those chains just in case we ever want to reattach ourselves. Am I, am I speaking to anybody? So like, so I can walk a thousand miles out of what God pulled me out of, but I'm going to go ahead and keep the line close by just in case I ever want to follow it back. There's more to be done. There's more to be done. God didn't call you out of something just to be out of it. He, he took you out so that he would pull you in to him. And that's where the Israelites failed, man, because, and that's why I called this, this message never left because God did a miracle taking them out physically, but in reality, spiritually, they had never left Egypt. They were still there. And how many of us, I wonder, are still living in the place where God pulled you out of a long time ago. He released the chains. He unlocked the door that you couldn't unlock yourself. He made that breakthrough, but you're staying right there. How many of us have have yet to take the step through? So like maybe um, this this is going to speak to someone. Maybe God used you in one moment of your life to, to minister to someone and and, and, and something that you would have never done before, and you started speaking Jesus to that person who you knew was going through a really hard time, and, and you told them about what God has done for you and what he can do for them, and, and, and it was awesome because you were like, man, the Holy Spirit just filled my mouth. I didn't know what I was going to say. Have you ever been there before? Or maybe, maybe you preached a message uh, on a Sunday morning service before, and, and, and it was something that you thought you would never do, but when you were up here, man, God anointed you. God did something to you. The Holy Spirit empowered you and you thought that you would never do it. You thought that you could never teach that class, but God illuminated you. God used you in that moment. And in that moment, you felt so alive because the chains of fear and the chains of making excuses were were, were gone and you felt the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. But then you never did it again, man. Never did it again. Instead, you went back to being afraid. Instead, you went back to making the excuses. You went back 
thinking that you're not good enough. And what was meant to be a calling, listen to this, what was meant to be a calling has thus far only been a moment in history because you snapped back into the default. What was meant to be a calling, what was meant to be your purpose, what was meant to catapult you into the next level was only a moment in history because you did it and then you stepped back. You stepped forward and then you went back. There's more to be done, church. God did not call you for a moment. I don't know if you believe that. God didn't call you for a moment. God didn't call you for a single season. God called you for a lifetime of purpose. God called you for a lifetime of calling, a a lifetime of pursuing him. He didn't call you for a moment in history. And if you look at the Israelites, the same thing goes for them. God didn't just write this, 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 this story, uh, this narrative of, of the Israelites going out of Egypt so that, so that um, everyone could see, look, God parted the seas. No, that was only the beginning. That wasn't meant to be a, a single moment in history. That, that, was, that was meant to be the beginning of a story of what God was doing in their lives. And I believe that God is doing something in every single one of the lives of the people here. But some of us continue to keep doubt in your pocket. We leave fear in the back seat just in case, you know, just in case I get into a moment that's uncomfortable, I can kind of fall back on on my fear. Maybe God delivered you from a, a pornography addiction, but you keep that website Bookmark, we're getting real. Just in case, just in case God stops working, just in case he stops being good, just in case he stops feeling my every need, just in case he stops responding to my prayer request. There's more to be done, church. I didn't, I didn't realize how much this passage here angers me. And I apologize if I sound angry this morning. It's because of the passage. Okay. It's not y'all. But every time I read this, this, this passage, I, I like, I get, I get mad. I get angry. I can understand God's anger too. And it's, it's particularly this part, verse four, where it says, talking about Aaron, he took what they handed him and, and, and he made it into a idol cast in the shape of a calf fashioning it with the tool. And then they said, this is the part right here. These are the gods, Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. Does that not make you mad? <laughs> like, because it's like, is, is one thing replacing God with something else? It's another thing giving that something the credit for something that God did. But as I thought about it and as I meditated on it, because, you know, a lot of times I'm, I'm, so, I'm so quick to judge people in the Bible for their, for their ignorance and for their foolish, foolishness. But then as I started to think about it, I started to see how, how we kind of do that on a daily basis. Because if you think about it, anytime we step back into our default, we extinguish the glory of what God did in one season. Like we make it disappear. Like we, like, like we make it to where it, it, it never happened. And so like I, I don't know why I relate it to like a, like a student who is a, or like a tutor who's spending a lot of time with, with the student, trying to get the student where he needs to be to pass 
a test and, and he spends hours going over the same material and the same concepts and he has to have a lot of patience and a lot of you know frustration that he kind of has to get through. I mean, I get it. I was, I was that kid. I was the, not the tutor, I was the, the, the student who frustrated tutors all the time. They didn't like me. And they would work with me for, for a long time and, and making sure that I got it. And, and then finally there'd be this moment where I was like, man, I made my breakthrough. And I would pass the practice test. I'd pass the practice test. And my tutor would be like, all right, he's ready. I did it. Great job. I, I did the impossible. I didn't think this kid was ever going to go anywhere. But he, pra- he passed the practice test. But then the actual test comes. And can we just agree that the, the real test is always going to be more hard than the practice test? Right? Why? Why? Why is it like that? It's like, it seems unfair, right? Like you get to the test and you're like, this wasn't on the practice test. But, you know, it's like God's, God's usually pretty present during the practice test because he's, he's equipping you. He's building your confidence. He's, he's uh, building, he, he's giving you the resources that you lack so that you, when the test comes, you can be ready. And so God is right there. He's training you during the practice test. But then the real test comes and God steps back a little bit. And now it's just you and what you were supposed to learn. And so I think about the student taking the test, and this happened to me, and I, I can relate to this because it happened to me. I'd be so ready for the, for the test because I passed the practice test. I got the tutor's uh, um, stamp of approval, and I would get in front of the test, and then I would realize, and I would remember that I was never good with tests. I would remember that, man, I, I'm not really a good student. I'm not, I don't, I don't get this stuff. I, I, I learn differently and I would I would snap back into my default mode and what I thought I was ready for I failed miserably and then the tutor's like dude what happened all this work that we put in it's like did it even happen you extinguished the glory you extinguished a moment of of, of glory. I wonder how many believers are extinguishing the glory of God because of what he did in, in one season, but because he's not doing it in this season, we pretend like it never happened. Or just because, you know, he's no longer doing it, you make it seem like he never did it. God doesn't work to please you, church. He doesn't work to please, he doesn't work to please me. He's not always going to be doing things because because if he's always doing things for you, then you're just going to fall in love with what he's doing rather than who he is. But can I tell someone, man, God doesn't call people back to their brokenness. God doesn't call people back to your sin, back to your fear, back to your, your, your um, insecurities. We serve a God of, of progress, not regress. That is what God is calling you out of and and to stay out of but because we never left Egypt though God made it possible though he parted the Red Sea we forever remain in the default and church God didn't call you to stay where you are God called you to move forward but the truth is man so many Christians and this is this is this is real here. I'm not, I'm not just preaching this to, to make it sound good. This is so real. The truth is, 
Christians, so many Christians have struggled with the same stuff for years. They don't, I won't say they, I'll say we. We don't often learn from the seasons that we were in when God took us out. We didn't learn anything. We're just grateful that he took us out. But we didn't, we didn't take the lessons with us. So now when another test, just like that one, comes again, we go back to where we were before. Because we haven't, we haven't learned. And we struggle with the same stuff for so many years, even though God made it possible, possible for you to go out of it. So many of us are still holding on to that power, that power that pulls us back in every time. And, and you know what, church? Maybe it's just a thread. Maybe it's just a thread that, 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 that it's holding you by. And, and most days, you, are, you don't have an anger issue most days. Most days, you don't find anything and everything to be upset about. Most days, you're happy and you're full of joy, but you haven't severed that thread that keeps you going back anytime you feel the pressure and anytime God steps back. And church, it's, it's keeping you from the more that you were called for. You were called for more. This church was called for more. Amen. Amen. And for our church, you know, there's a, there's a lot that, that um, God wants to do in our church. But we as a body have to learn how to make progress. We have to learn from our mistakes. We have to learn from the things that, that don't work. We have to learn that if we want to see the healing power of God, we have to get closer. We have to learn that, that if we want to see things happen at these altars, we have to, we have to step forward and, and declare God's blessings that he promised to us. We have to learn. We have to, to get out of what God pulled us through so that we can go into the more that I know he has for us, church. How many of you this morning say, Lord, I don't want to stay where I've been. I don't want to stay where I've been. Every person in this room, every person in this room, I know that there is something that maybe you've struggled for, for with a long time. I don't know what it is, but everyone has something that they, they have just, it's so easy because it's our default mode. It's so easy to snap back. It's that fallen nature. It's, it's the way that we were raised. It's the way that we grew up. It's the people that we hang out with. It's, it's the things that we expose ourselves to. And, and all of those things just keep us going back when we make progress and we see a blessing and we see a breakthrough. And then the moment all of that stops and we're in a different season, we go back to where we were before. I want to ask that this morning we step forward and we, we sever that thread. We sever whatever it is that God has, has, has called us out of. And we make it impossible for us to even go back there. That's the call that I want to make this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeriglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.